0: Before we start today, let me tell you about Peterson Toyota, who has served Fort Collins, Loveland, Windsor, and Tidmouth for more than 50 years. When you visit the dealership, you'll receive first-class attention, whether it be for a service appointment, help picking out the right part for your Toyota, or test driving a new or pre-owned vehicle. If your heart is set on a new Toyota, you may want to inquire about the 2024 Tacoma TRD Off-Road, which recently had its first official public reveal in Loveland. Pricing and availability will be announced soon, but call the dealership ASAP and get on the list, as Fort Collins and Northern Colorado residents are prioritized over all others. But whatever you're looking for, Peterson's expert staff will help you find the vehicle that is right for you, all at competitive pricing and financing. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please get Peterson Toyota, first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome everybody to Ram Nation Radio, still licking our wounds after a oh gut-wrenching loss Saturday night. We had the Buffs on the ropes, let them off the hook, but it was a really, really good performance. Mike and I are going to talk through some of those key moments and the good and the bad that we saw, but before that, we have a very special guest coming in, quarterback Braden Fowler-Nicolosi, who had a tremendous game, is going to be joining us. He is a redshirt freshman who took over for Clay Millen. It was named the starter going into the two weeks of prep for the CU game, and boy, did he embrace that and perform well. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to CSU Ram Zone, powered by the CSU Bookstore. They are the sponsor of all of our contests, providing our weekly prizes, our season prizes. Contests wouldn't be possible Without them. So if you are in need of CSU gear, that is your go to place. They are located in the Lori Student Center. Go check that out. All right. Pleased to welcome in redshirt freshman quarterback, Braden Fowler Nicolosi, who just played a fantastic game Saturday night. I mean, second start of his career. You know, he had he would played in uh, one game last year against Nevada and came in against Washington State in the opener and really kind of moved the ball, uh, showed a little life and earned the coaching staff's trust to put him in in a really tough situation in Boulder where I have never seen an atmosphere like that. I was there. It was insane. And uh, this guy didn't blink at all and played so well to give us a chance to win. Uh, Braden, thanks so much for joining us. I know uh, you're still probably trying to shake off that game. I know I am. I'm hoping that you've advanced your emotions much better than i have because i'm a little still a little stuck but you guys got another big game coming up so um i appreciate you being with us absolutely thank you for having me uh so we'll talk a lot about the game but and then look ahead a little bit to middle tennessee but just curious as to what it was like for you when you found out you were going to be the starter when did you find out by the way and was it the the first week of the buy or the second week of the buy? And then uh, how how did that what what was going through your mind?
1: <coughs> yeah, so it, it was that uh, that Monday after the Washington State game when we came in for practice, there was no real. I didn't really have a talk with Coach Mummy or Coach Norvell anything like you're the starter. But came in on Monday and started taking all the one reps, and so I kind of, it was kind of just like unspoken. And I think after practice Monday, when I really, when it really hit me and I realized I was about to play in that game, it just pure excitement. I mean, how can you not get excited about that game? It's all anybody was talking about after our Washington state game. So I, I was so excited to get a chance to go out there and get that opportunity. And then once the week kind of went on more and more and, we, we started seeing film on them and started getting a little buzz around the game. We were all getting super excited. then we heard college game days coming and I was like, Oh my Lord, like this can't be real. And, and so it, it just, it got me pretty amped up for a while.
0: So um, I know as I read in, you know, in the fall camp, you know, leading into the season, it, that you were interviewed by Mike Brohart or something. I can't remember what it was, but you said something to the effect of, you know, if you're not practicing and preparing as a starter, you're here for the wrong reasons. And that was when you were clearly going to be the number two at that time. When that actually changes though, I mean, sure, you're preparing to be the starter, but then what is it like when you actually are named the starter? And is there anything that clicks or or goes through your mind that almost takes a little pressure off or is there more pressure added on knowing that you've got that on you now? I I think it naturally adds a
1: little pressure just because obviously like you're the guy, your boys are counting on you now. Like you're, you're not the backup that's sitting there waiting for an opportunity. Like this is your chance. And so it's definitely a little bit of pressure, especially considering I only had one start last year and I I wouldn't say I didn't play great, just things weren't going well. Um, so all that stuff added up on top of each other was uh was a little added pressure, for sure.
2: So Br- Braden, I, I, again, thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, I know I know this week's probably been flying by as well uh, for the game coming up on Saturday, but uh you, you talked about taking those uh, reps at the one. That Monday, coming back from Washington State, what was the quarterback room like? You're all you're all the same age, same almost the same class. Think uh, Clay's a red shirt sophomore. You're you're the red shirt freshman, but you've all been together for so long already. So, what was the quarterback room like after the decision was made?
1: Um, nothing changed honestly i'm not i'm not just saying that because we're on, it's going to be on the internet or anything like that it, it truly nothing changed i think we've all kind of grown as friends and we've developed some pretty solid relationships so we kind of leave football to football and everything outside of that we're all just boys and so there there wasn't any animosity or anything like that towards each other um in that situation
0: What was the teams like? uh, The preparation like heading into the two games. I know there just seemed to be a a focus. Clearly, you guys came out at a level that we have not seen here in in years, right? You you guys are ready to play. What was your prep like those two weeks? It was a grind. I'll tell you that we spent
1: a lot of time at the facility, just a lot of extra time, not necessarily in practice. Our practices were normal, same practices we always have, but. It was an absolute grind. Once you got your schoolwork done for the day, you were back at the facility, and you were there for a while watching film, watching film, getting to know these guys in and out. And uh, and then just the focus of all the guys. I mean, since I've been here, this is my second season, I, I've never seen a week where everybody was so locked in and so amped up and ready to get after these guys it was it was a it was a attack mentality i think is the best way to put it it was we kind of embraced the underdog like we loved it we we were hearing it all week and they're like their hype story and all this and it it was just the perfect storm for us and it, it got the guys going when we uh when we're hearing some of those things
0: well i was out tailgating and I started getting pictures on my phone of the pregame skirmish. And uh, <laughs> I was, we were we were so fired up. We're like, oh, my God, look at us! We're not backing down. We're ready to go. And we were so excited. We're like, let's get in the stadium now. So we just went straight in. And um, what – I mean, obviously, you guys, you, you just mentioned it, but there was an edge about the team. You embraced that underdog and kind of how – everything was kind of against you. What did happen in that pregame skirmish? Where, I don't know if you were at all nearby or what what transcended there to make that happen and what was your view on it? Me personally, I think it was bound to happen.
1: Uh, there, There's too much bad blood between the two schools. And I, I mean, no hate for any of those guys, but the history speaks for itself. Like we had something to prove and uh, they had everything to lose, really. And so we were going out there like, this is our time, like this is our stage. And I think a couple things got said and it got a little chippy and I was absolutely
0: all for it. I mean, what a crazy atmosphere it was. I mean, the pregame and then actually starting the game with just the incredible hype and the noise and um, who was on the sidelines and all that stuff, and then you come out, you had an early pick, early pick six. Um, you still didn't rattle. I could, I mean, anybody could have crumpled in that situation. It didn't seem to phase you. You came back strong. Uh, you guys marched and got a touchdown like two or three plays later uh, on that on that uh, swing pass to Tori, who then threw it uh, to Dallin. Um, But how did you keep your composure and kind of keep your wits about you? I, I think just it's all a
1: mentality. I mean, you, you can't change something that already happened. So what's the point of pouting about it and letting it get to your head? Like you, you have to have got to stay humble, but you have to have enough confidence in yourself to know that you're there for a reason. And yeah, I did make a mistake, big mistake, something I definitely need to learn from. But in that situation, like leading that group of guys you can't sit on the sit on the sideline and say oh poor me like nobody feels bad for you you messed up get back in there and take it right back and so I think it was kind of just this switch in my head it's like it already happened I'm not going to change it and uh frankly I don't care about it until the game's over anyways and so I I think that that kind of switch in my head where it's just like, okay, next play. Um was kind of where that calmness afterwards came from.
0: Man, that's incredibly mature. <laughs> that's unbelievable. I appreciate I mean, we have,
2: it. We had Bradley Van Pelt on with us last week, and man, a lot of those same things he said, he said about his playing days too. Love hearing that, Braden. Last year, last year we talked with CJ. And, and we talked, uh, we had a chance to talk to Tori at the recruiting roundup. And they talked about how ugly the crowd was in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, everything you, you had originally committed to, to Nevada um, and then came with, with Coach Norvell. Obviously, the staff coming over and other players as well, Tori and, and, and Avery and, and others. How did that compare
1: to last Saturday in Boulder? I personally it wasn't even close. It I I had the same mentality last year we went into Nevada and that was hostile. And I was I was hearing some stuff and just like that whole crowd was just not big fans of us, obviously, but this Saturday just trumped it by tenfold. It was the the things I heard and the, like, <laughs> just things I saw and just, I, I don't know, it was it was wild. And then the fans re- literally being right on top of you and the sold-out atmosphere in that stadium at night under the lights. It was like, it felt like a movie scene. It was unreal.
0: Well, you just kind of mentioned how unreal it was, but did you... I mean, you you've been in games, right? You know that there's millions of people watching on TV and whatnot, right? And, and right. but this Saturday, I mean, you had every celebrity uh tweeting <laughs> during the game if they weren't at the game. You had the rock, you had Lil Wayne, uh, you had a little Wayne doing a concert in you know, as the teams come on the field. Yeah. They interviewed a bunch of celebrities at halftime. I mean, it was absolutely insane. And you know that there was—I mean, the president of the United States is probably watching that game, right? I mean, it's like, do you ever think? Had you allow yourself in the moment, or at least after the game, to think about, "Wow, we just gave them quite the scare in front of a huge, massive audience." I guess is the biggest was the biggest. Uh, what would they say, Mike, the biggest, uh, the most watched game of the day, and the most downloads or streamed, most streams that they've ever had. And Something... the
2: fifth, the fifth highest watched game of all time. Wow. College game of all time.
1: Number one most streamed game of all time also. Yep.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you absorb that and just be like, wow, that was kind of cool? I
1: I think you're crazy if you don't absorb that. I mean, how do do you not take that in? I mean, that is truly a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I think our motto all week kind of embraces it perfectly. Our whole thing all week got said probably a hundred times was let's shock the world and like we were saying it figuratively but like seeing the numbers like we literally had the world watching us which is pretty crazy and so it was uh it was awesome I didn't really think about it before the game at all like I, I think I was too too focused on the game plan and stuff like that to be concerned with all those extra activities going on but after the game like Seeing Little Wayne, seeing Offset, seeing The Rock, it it was it was pretty cool. It was hard not to get a little excited and get a little smile on my face.
2: We we had our own royalty there. I mean, the Friday night walk we had Bradley Van Pelt,
1: oh McDougal,
2: yeah. McDougal Mike Newell. Now, what was it like having those guys speak to you? I know I I, I went to school with Mike and and Kevin McDougal. And those were two Colorado kids that were told that they were too small, too slow to to go to see you. And then Bradley, who had his, had his battles with the Buffs uh, right. while he was playing, what was it like hearing from them talk about this game and, and what it means to them and what it
1: means to Ram Nation? I think for me as someone that's not from Colorado and frankly didn't understand the rivalry truly until last week, it was, it was crucial, like getting to hear from their perspective, how much that game really means and how much is on the line every year on that game. It's, it was, uh, opening for sure. Like the amount of passion and like, just I think passion is the right word for it. That went into that game for generations is, is, uh, pretty exciting when you get to hear it from the dudes who went there and did it. Um, And then Bradley, that, that was awesome. Like I, I, uh, I, he walked into our dinner and I was looking at this guy, like this dude is yoked. Like who is this guy? (laughs) Um, And then he walks right up to the quarterback table and introduces himself And I was like, that sounds so familiar. Like, where do I know that from? (laughs) And then Coach Mummy's like, are you stupid? Like, (laughs) we saw his clip like 10 times this week already, the the spike off the helmet. And I was like, no way. So I I was just taking it in and loving every conversation I got to have with him. But I definitely got to see him from a different perspective. Like, he, he talked to me a lot about kind of those things I already said and embracing the moment and understanding what it meant. And I I think that that definitely helped me throughout the week.
0: There were some clear penalties in this game, but there are also some that were ticky tack. I know that coach Norvell had made comments actually during the game and after the game about uh, how he'd never seen such a a discrepancy in, in penalties and so many penalties called on a certain team. Did you think that you guys got a fair shake?
1: I don't think it's my place to sit here and complain about it. Like I said, my mentality is I can't change the past. I'm not going to sit here and say, poor me, they should have done this, should have done that. We should have put more points on the board. We should have scored. I shouldn't have thrown a pick six, stuff like that. I I think, I think it's a little, uh, I think it's a little immature to sit there and complain. I mean, I get it from coach Norvell's point of view. He's, He's the head coach. He has every right to make things right. Um, But from my point of view, we just need to play better. And me personally, I have things to clean up. And at the end of the day, those penalties wouldn't have mattered if we put more points on the board. It would have been cool, though, to have that touchdown in overtime, right? That touchdown run? Oh, and yeah, a rushing (laughs) touchdown in double overtime would have been pretty sweet. Yeah.
0: Man, there was a few, there was just a few moments. That one obviously was huge. Um, Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the long touch or the long pass to uh, JRS at like to the three yard line that was called back. Dallin Holker, I think got down to the pylon. Uh, I think it was a touchdown that got called back. Right. Uh, Man, just so many, so many moments that if you just swallow the whistle one time, it just might change the whole game. Anyway. Do you think uh, there's a quarterback controversy this week between you and Tory? <laughs> you know what i i've I've already heard
1: it from Tory. Um, <laughs> I'm a little scared he might take my job. On it.
0: <laughs> that was a dime. I mean, he made a nice pass. Yeah, oh, it
1: was
2: incredible. Well, you yeah, had a wait, good game too, your man. Your celebration, your yeah. celebration. Joel and I are pretty big. Uh, uh, Nuggets fans, and and that's Jamal Murray's yeah. the Blue Arrow. So yeah. love seeing the the Green Arrow come out. The
1: Green Arrow, I, was. It, it was pretty. It was pretty sweet.
0: <laughs> well, you you threw uh, you were 34, 47, three hundred sixty seven yards, three touchdowns. I mean, did you think you were going to throw forty seven times in this game? I mean, I think
1: because of our game plan and being in it for all two weeks, I kind of knew that was the plan really, was like, yeah, their strengths was their secondary. Let's attack it. Let's find out how strong it is. And I think we did a pretty solid job kind of navigating our way around their athletes and finding open grass and getting the ball into open grass with the ball in athletes' hands. Like, I mean, hoary in open space one-on-ones, like, it's just not fair. Like I don't care who it is, it's not fair. And so finding ways to get get the ball out to my athletes and all throughout the game was kind of the game plan. So I kind of knew coming in, but I think after the game, I didn't even realize it. But after the game, seeing forty seven attempts, I was like, "Whoa, I haven't seen that yet." So it was it, it was pretty cool knowing that we did we did put on a show for the fans and have that opportunity to really sling it.
0: And you had the three touchdowns. Uh, the one to Dallin was what a catch he had, man. That was like down towards his knees. Touched, but it also in a place where, you know, if it's, if it's a ball right at his chest, that ball's maybe knocked down. That defender was right on him. So that, that actually worked out. The two passes to Lewis and Tory were lasers. The one to Torrey in, in the OT was, was, was awesome. Um, you had the three picks one You can't count the one pick at the end there desperation yeah. throw on fourth and goal. Uh, what did you see on the on the pick six, Shiloh Sanders just kind of jumped the route, right? He just read it, and I think
1: yeah, um, it it was unfortunate their uh, their defensive scheme. It really wasn't. I'm I'm not taking any credit away from him. It was it was a great play, but the the way that they rolled, they rolled into cover three, and he rolled down straight into it, and I was seeing too high. He was going to bail. Other safety was going to bail. I was going to have number three open, but um, they ended up catching me. I got too greedy too quick, and it was really bad timing. Um, but just got to move on from it. I mean, I don't want to reminisce on it too much. I mean, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, the coaches
1: calm you down. What do they talk about after that? Um. Yeah, we, we kind of just moved on. We didn't really talk about it. It, it was kind of one of those things like, I just mean, it, it is what it is. Let's go. Let's yeah. let's go get it back.
0: Well, did the game seem slow for you? I mean, did it seemed like you – like I said before, it just seemed – you seemed very comfortable. And a lot of things that you hear when there's a young quarterback in there at this level is that the game's pretty fast. But was it – did it seem fast for you, or did it seem that it slowed down for you? I think it was uh, –
1: comfortable is a great word. I mean, I, I was just comfortable – comfortable and confident in the game plan i mean i i i didn't have any doubts in what we were running or anything like that and i think that kind of antsiness and that um kind of like at nevada last year like everything seemed like it was going at a million miles an hour just from a lack of confidence like not really having too much chemistry with my guys not completely understanding everything all those factors contributed. And this year I, I felt completely confident in everything that we were doing and we even added in some stuff during the game and we all, we all felt great about it. So I had no, I had no room or time to get nervous or get antsy. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it, it was a big improvement from last year. Um, with how comfortable I was and uh, I was able to kind of read the field and um, not make as many stupid decisions. I definitely made a couple, but not as many.
0: So after, so you guys go into OT and uh, the Buffs had scored their, their touchdown and got their extra point. And you guys did a great job getting your ball in the end zone too. That was the one where, uh, was that the, was that the pass to, yeah, that was the, the, the throw to Tory which was just a seed. Um, and there was a moment there where it went through probably every fan's mind. Like, do we go for two here? Do we go for two here? Um, I was torn in my head. Like, I would love to just extend it, but now you look back on it. You're like, damn, that was one chance. If you just get two yards, you win the game. I, I, I looked over at you, looked like you were at the sidelines, almost kind of begging to go for two um what what was going through your mind there would you have wanted to go for two
1: i was in fact begging to go for two yeah that that was my i mean i i was so in the zone there was zero doubt in my mind that we would have converted it in that moment i was so i i think not word for word but pretty much what i told coach was if you give me a chance, I promise you I'm getting this ball in the end zone. Oh, my and and uh, I think, I honestly, looking back, I mean, it could have gone either way. Like, I can't sit here and say that 100% we would have scored or how the game would have ended. But I have to respect Coach's decision. And I think at the end of the day, he made the right decision. And we got to move on and learn from it.
0: Doesn't make me feel good, buddy. God, it makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> yeah,
2: love it though. Love it. Love that confidence. Give me, me the too. ball, I'll score. Give me the ball, I'll score. Love it. So, uh, at the end of the game, there's there's footage of you just kind of standing there as their students were running by, and you're just kind of soaking everything in. What were what were
1: some of those things, some of those thoughts going through your head. I think that was the first time when I really got to take in what what I had just, like, done, like, what had just happened. I, I'm so, like, in the moment and focused during a game. I could not, to be honest, could not care less about stats. Not even one bit. Like, I really don't care. And it, I just my whole goal is to come out of there with a win. And, and so once I kind of got snapped out of it at the end of the game, I was like, Whoa, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> and then I kind of got to look around, uh, got a few great phenomenal comments from, uh, some hyped up CU fans as they were running by. Uh, and, uh, Kind of just embraced it. I was loving it. I, I was hearing some pretty brutal things, and I was loving it. I was taking it all
0: in. Is those things that you know. might remember uh, next year in Fort Collins when they visit?
1: I have a notebook with them written down over there. I it. That a boy. They'll be posted in the locker room. Don't you worry about that. They'll be posted. Do
2: you think this game
1: is going to be a turning point of the season? 100%. Absolutely. I mean, I I think <laughs> you, if you don't have that mentality as a starting quarterback, it, you're just dead wrong. Like, I think I have so much confidence in my boys around me and seeing the way we were able to execute and play on Saturday, I think gives us a lot of hope moving forward during the season.
0: How how do you turn the page? I mean, like, like I said, I've been in mourning. Um, I, the only comfort I have is how well you guys played and, and just you definitely made them stressed. <laughs> I mean, Dan basically said he was stressed. But how do you, you turn the page after a tough loss like that? Middle Tennessee is going to be good. Your emotion going into the preparation for those two weeks was sky high. You were laser focused. But how do you now – going into middle Tennessee, different environment, not going to be near the same, um, not the rivalry. How do you make sure that you bring, bring it again?
1: Um, Just, just that preparation and confidence I talked about. um, And then finding ways to generate our own energy. Cause I mean, we quite honestly really didn't have to generate much. It was all self-explanatory at Boulder. Like yeah you don't need to have much energy going in there and you can walk out of there with the most energy you've ever had. And you don't even have to be playing. You could have just been in the stadium. And, and so moving on to this week and kind of, I've never been there, so I don't really know the full extent to what it's going to be like, but from what I've heard, I think it's it's definitely going to be quieter and a few less people. So understanding what what gets our boys excited and kind of leaning on that during the game and keeping that consistent throughout the game so that way we don't kind of dip down and go into little lulls where we lack energy because I feel like when our energy is low, we kind of lose focus, and that's when we start to make mistakes. And so kind of just finding what gets the boys fired up, and I think we have a pretty good idea, so just using it
0: on Saturday. Well, there's one thing you could use. I mean, they scheduled you as their homecoming game and a lot of, oh, Trent, we know, Oh, we know. <laughs> Good. Oh, yeah. Good. Well, I mean, it's uh, it, this is a game that you, there's going to be eyes on you again, right. To see if, if last week was for real and, and hopefully you guys show that it was and come out, you know, one and two and, and, this is the start of something something good. But hey, wanted to see what what's been uh, your thoughts on the offensive line? I mean, compared to last year, this offensive line has been dramatically better. They compete; they're they're physical. Uh, we haven't run the ball great, but they certainly were giving you time to throw. Uh, they did; they gave Clay and you some time to throw last uh, game one against Washington State as well. So there's there's clearly a, an improvement there. But what do, what do you think about the line and how they're doing? They're
1: great. It's, I, I think the biggest difference that I've noticed from last year to this year is actually off the field with them. It's their, they're like, like their own little family. Like you will never see those boys apart. Like those dudes love each other and have so much passion, which is crazy because there's transfers, old guys, young guys, a whole mix of people in that room and they've kind of meshed so well and and so i think that's translating big time to the game their love for each other and all of us really and then i think it kind of goes along with what i said before what gets them excited i think i've kind of figured out what what ticks them off a little bit and how to get them going um and we definitely used it a couple times in boulder and they responded great
0: what, what's something that ticks them off
1: oh just little comments here and there like some sometimes just making stuff up like hey that dude over there said stuff <laughs> like that and you you wouldn't believe it i mean they just love it
0: well hey so um obviously there was a big hullabaloo with henry blackburn you know on the the late hit which he was flagged for the the insanity happening afterwards with some of these psychotic buff fans claiming that CSU is dirty and was directed to play dirty by the coaching staff. Do you want to respond to that?
1: I don't want to speak too much on that. I think that's, uh, that's kind of over and dealt with as of this morning, but I will tell you we're a band of brothers. We always got each other's back. I mean, we love each other. I don't, I don't, I think it's, Kind of wild to say it was anything more than just football. Um, But other than that, um, wish nothing but the best for Travis. He's a great player. I mean, but at the end of the day, it's, it's football. It's a violent sport, and we're all well aware of the risks when we play. And, yeah, I mean, we
2: all got each other's back. How have you all been supporting Henry through all this, through just ugliness, like not even ugliness, like craziness?
1: Um, I mean just like just like a text here and there, like we got you, stuff like that. I mean, just reassuring him, knowing that the boy's got his back and uh that this stuff will pass, really, is what it is. I think it's 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 a big deal, but it'll pass.
0: We got a, a question from one of the fans on our message boards. Actually, some of these that we've already asked have been from from fans as well. But um Coach Mummy has talked about in the last couple of years the, the simplicity of the offense and that there's not a million plays. It's a smaller set of plays, relatively. And uh, but the quarterback has the ability to check into certain calls based on what he's seeing defensively. Did you feel comfortable with that in live action against this? CU team did you make changes on the fly in, in the game
1: absolutely yeah I mean both of, both of those touchdowns the one to LB and then the one to Tory were both checks um I, I felt really confident in the game plan and understanding what what looks were good to what really and what we needed to run into certain defenses that they ran and we executed pretty well for the most part and i i felt good about it so we have seen your arm you
2: you got a hose you got a cannon there you can move you can move in the pocket uh, what were what was your game like in high school were, were you a, a dual threat was was your the system that you played in pocket quarterback um, they, this is from one of one of the fans on on the message board and,
1: and what was your longest run In high school, I was not a runner. I I never really had to. Quite frankly, is what it is. I had some phenomenal receivers. I like, um, Jason Llewellyn. He's a tight end at Oklahoma now. JoJo Earl. He was a receiver at Alabama, punt returner. Their punt returner as true freshman. Now he's at TCU. Um, I I the list goes on. Like it was crazy. I had, um, Paul Haney, who's now the quarterback there and now is committed to TCU as a quarterback. He was my one of my receivers my senior year and he's unbelievably athletic. So I really didn't have to run. Um, we made a lot of stuff happen through the air and then our run game with our running backs was unbelievable. So I never really had to tap into that side of my game. And I think also, an aspect of that is once I got to college, I definitely got stronger and faster than I was in high school. So I felt a little more confident then. So in that. So in high school, did you, did you play any other sports? I had to run track. We had to run track. Um, but I didn't have to compete. So I wouldn't even count that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but my my junior and senior year, no, I, I was I was locked in, I was focused. So, um,
2: what are your goals individually, and you know, for our team for uh,
1: going on the rest of the season? Um, individually, I want to be a great leader. I want to I want to earn the respect of my boys and be seen as a leader on the team, and then also be efficient and maintain my uh, composure, stay calm, be able to translate that throughout games. I mean, I think that's crucial as a quarterback, especially when all eyes are on you. It's your boys need to know how you're feeling. And if you kind of express that feeling of I'm calm, cool, collected, that kind of brings the boys like back down. They're like, okay, he's not worried. I'm not going to be worried. Let's go. And so main, maintaining that calmness and then team goals. We're going to win the Mount West and go to a bowl game, a good bowl game, and we're going to win it.
0: Music to my ears, bud. <laughs> um, Tell us, uh, tell us about your high school journey. I read somewhere that you were like called up from JV, maybe your junior year or something like that. And <laughs> um, your junior and senior years varsity put up a, like a twenty five and two record or something like. Can you talk about your your high school journey. Yeah, um,
1: so I was in California going to high school and then transferred to high school in Texas. My junior year, it was a couple weeks into the season, and so I had to play a JV game. That was our that was our coach's kind of rule. Like he wanted to see me play before he just put me on varsity. Um, I had a pretty solid pretty solid game on J V and uh got the chance to get pulled up and was the number two behind uh Brant Hayden, who at the time was a sophomore when I was a junior. And he got sick with COVID one week and so I got the start and then we kinda we got the ball rolling in that game, beat a pretty good team and then didn't really look back from there. But yeah, I, I think in my time in Texas I lost one game. My very last game unfortunately. Uh Yeah, we lost one game. But I I had great players surrounding me all of high school so it it was uh it was pretty expected of us to go be great every Friday night. Was that at Jerry's World? Um my junior year we went to Jerry's World and won it and then Senior year went to the – I think it, it was either quarterfinals or semifinals and then lost in a heartbreaker at the very end to uh, South Oak Cliff.
0: So, it was a dagger.
1: So, so, I'm a foodie, and I and I
2: always ask this, but you just threw me off. I, I, I didn't realize that you came from California to, to Texas.
1: The question's so what, coming. I'm ready. So,
2: right? So, where uh, – where where in California did you grow up? San Diego. So San Diego. All yeah. right. Um, now, do you still have family there, or was the was this a permanent move to or um,
1: uh Our our fi- our family kind of moved with us. We we all went to Texas. All right, all right. So
2: if I'm going to San Diego, what what's what should be the go to food? I I. Grab whenever whenever I'm there. Um,
1: if you're a big fan of Mexican food, there's a place called Cotija. Phenomenal burritos. Phenomenal. Um, and then the classic answer, uh, I still think Whataburger's better, but in and out in and out is pretty good. You just dim. moved up way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> Whataburger's got the cake for sure, but... But a good old In-N-Out burger, <laughs> burger is pretty solid.
2: <laughs> All right, so so you spent a, a couple of years in the DFW area. Um, I go there a lot. I uh, I have family down there as well, and they're known for fried chicken and barbecue. So, have you? Like, has your family figured figured out? Have you got your go-to places for either one of those down there?
1: I mean, there was there wasn't there wasn't a a ton of spots super close to where we lived, but um, I mean, Railhead Barbecue. It's in Willow Park, right next to Alito. What was a a pretty solid go to spot. It was phenomenal. Um, I think my favorite barbecue that I ever had in Texas. If you ever get the chance, is called Hard Eight. Phenomenal. Got to get the brisket and the pulled pork and the ribs. Um, (laughs) And uh, fried chicken. There are so many places. Uh, I'll probably get some hate for this from my boys back home. But for, for fast food, I think Chicken Express is just great. And you get a Big old sweet tea. It's pretty solid. I, I love, love chicken. It.
2: Chicken Express. I love it. Yeah, it, it, you're right. For fast food fried chicken, it is. I think we spent like seventy bucks on there, <laughs> like oh, in yeah. one, just on one drive-through. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? Hard Eight. I'm pretty sure that was what Isaiah Stevens said was his. Uh, was his go-to? Uh, was it down there? Yeah, heck yeah. yeah! That's what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> Mike's gonna love you now forever because you definitely gave the most thoughtful uh, foodie answers that we've had on the show.
2: <laughs> and Waterburger, what- And Whataburger. And,
0: and burger
1: here in Colorado.
0: <laughs> he wears a Whataburger hat. Hey, there's
1: a Bucky's. There's a Bucky's coming to Loveland. I yep. couldn't be more excited.
0: <laughs> wow. Well man this has been great. I just got one more one more question for you buddy. Um what do you know going into Saturday uh, about Middle Tennessee and uh what do you guys have to do to win? They're a very diverse defense.
1: They they run a lot of stuff. They love to the blitz. They like to get pressure on the QB quick and um I think that's going to present a lot of opportunities for some pretty big plays. And so I think we have the opportunity to be pretty explosive on Saturday, so
0: I'm excited. Well, take care of business because you got you got people now believing again, even despite the loss, the way that you guys played. You got a chance to, to get this season turned around real fast. You win that game, you come home for Ag Day against Utah Tech. We got a real good chance of going two and two in the non-conference season. Then you, you start the, the conference slate and as you said, the goal is the Mountain West Championship and going to a great bowl, and and I love hearing that, man. So so get the boys ready, all right? Because you, you had them ready on Saturday night. We were super proud, and and can't wait to watch you again this Saturday.
1: Appreciate it. We'll be ready.
2: I'll be there. Hopefully, uh, we celebrate after. Uh, hopefully, we will celebrate after after this win.
1: Oh, we're going to.
0: We will. <laughs> All right, Braden. appreciate your time, buddy, and uh, have a great rest of your week, and, and good luck Saturday.
2: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good luck.
0: Wow. Uh, BFN is my new favorite player. <laughs> I mean. He, it must be the, the three-syllable or
2: the three-letter.
0: Yeah. I mean, That
2: I, starts it, with a B, right?
0: How charismatic, how personable. Just I love his attitude. And uh, he truly enjoyed talking with us. He was really excited when I reached out to him to join us. And uh, just, I mean, dang! And, and I gotta tell you, if that kid comes up to me and says, "Coach, I will score," I'm giving him the ball. I'm giving him the ball. I, that that actually just makes me that much more depressed, right? Because he would have he would have got in, and we would have won the game. All right. Before we uh, break down the CSU-CU game from Saturday night, let me pause super quick and tell you about Ginger and Baker. Did you know that they've got a full suite of Weller bourbons available in the Cash restaurant, including the hard-to-find limited edition Weller CYPD? And there's no better day to test it out than on Half Price Wednesdays. The Cash also features great wines, steaks, and chops. While the cafe restaurant also has all of my personal comfort food favorites. And of course, they've got great events and cooking classes each and every month. Check out gingerandbaker.com slash calendar for a full list of cooking classes and other events. This place is amazing, guys. Support our friend Ginger Graham and treat yourself to a world-class experience at our favorite place, Ginger and Baker. All right, Mike. I guess just at a high level, what were your thoughts on the game?
2: Wow. Um <sighs> God, we've had too many of these against them. Uh what is this? Our third overtime loss to him. Third time we've lost think to him so. overtime. Yeah. Um you know, we we uh I ta- I talked about it last week and I, I don't remember. I think it was after the, the Repstock interview. You have to keep pressure on Shador. You can't you can't allow him time in the pocket you can't allow him time to to slide out of the pocket and with halfway through the fourth quarter with an 11 point lead we stopped doing what we did the first three and a half quarters we stopped we stopped just sitting in the house we went to prevent especially that 98 yard or 98 yard drive and you look at that touchdown uh that tied it up or that got him, got him to tie it up with that two point conversion after it was one of those where we had people back, we had people back and they hit horn kind of underneath kind of what we did to them all night. And he made the plays. Um, they, they just have too much speed to allow that. And for whatever reason, that's why we went to in the fourth quarter and, and we paid for it. Um, I liked our play calls on offense. You could tell that we really, I mean, we really had them studied. And I love what what Braden said. You know, oh, everyone's talking about their DBs. Their DBs are the strength. We're going after them. And, and we did. And, and we showed that our, our receiving core is, is better than their defensive backs. And And I love that. And this was one of those games, they didn't have more talent than we did um they won it hats off to them Sh- Shador's Shador's seriously probably the best quarterback I have seen CSU face since Roethlisberger he's good he's good and I truly hope that he goes out after right. this year um but he's he's good he's good uh I think the three best players on the field last Saturday night was was Shadur Tory. And, and Mo, you know, and and heck you could probably say fourth and fifth were uh Louis Brown, Louis Brown,
0: and uh Holker. Holker. Braden was pretty damn good too.
2: Yep. Yep. Your thoughts, your thoughts being in the stadium. I wasn't there. So, I was watching on TV.
0: Yeah, so I, I gotta say, I mean, I, I love I love going into enemy territory. Uh, I have a lot of friends who wouldn't. They didn't want to deal with fans, and I don't blame them for that because they are insufferable people, a lot of them. Not all of them. We, I got a lot of friends that were there that night and got to see a few of them, and um, there's a lot of good people that are Buff fans, but there is a lot of just insufferable people that are Buff fans as well. And I actually didn't have a big issue. I didn't have a problem really there. Um, I've had issues in the past where, you know, people get in your personal space, they make contact with you, they're screaming at you, their saliva's flying all over your, you know, just the crap like that, that they just can't celebrate themselves. They got to get in your face. Um, got a little bit of that after the game. Um, I think I was too depressed and, uh, numb to, to deal with it. But, uh, I think, I think most, rational fans were giving us credit. Like a lot of people were just like, Hey man, you guys deserve to win that game. It was a fantastic game, heck of an effort, you know, that kind of stuff. And so that was nice. I mean, if they would have rolled us, it might've been worse. Right. But, uh, I think we earned some respect. Here's one thing that kind of irritated me, by the way, I, I didn't find this out until I think that morning, but we apparently gave back 500 of our tickets from our allotment. That's, that's a little annoying because, um, we were only allowed to, people were only allowed to buy a certain amount of tickets up front. Um, there was no, I don't, I never got any sort of communication like, hey, we've, uh, we've got a chunk of tickets that are now not being used. If anyone wants to buy more tickets, um, I talked to several people at the alumni tailgate that were like, why wouldn't they have sent something out? We would have bought more tickets. So that was annoying. And then that, because of that, there were buff fans sprinkled through our section. There were two buff fans sitting right behind us, which was annoying. Um, so it wasn't like, it was you were only surrounded by CSU people which would have been nice but there was still it, the the CSU group was lively and into the game and loud um i think that i, I was so impressed with the with how we competed and uh i am so i like you got to give Jaden Norvell and the staff credit uh they had that team ready to play they game planned uh they out game planned CU uh they seemed to be the better staff um for most of that game, right? And uh what what just will always stick in my craw is the couple of decisions that um that were the difference in the game. And one, uh you could you could argue not not uh going for it on, on fourth and two and then punting. A lot of people thought we should have gone for it there. I mean, I didn't have a problem with that. I thought about it, I'm like, could you go for it here and try to win the game? Yeah. If we don't get that, everyone's just being like, what the hell are we doing? Pin them deep. You know, Um, I had, I didn't have a problem with that, but I, you know, looking back, man, you really, you really should have gone for two after that first OT. You just should have, I mean, you could see just, just because you could see what was happening in the game. You marched down 98 yards with not a whole lot of resistance. They were catching fire. Our defense was gassed. You could see our our secondary was gassed. I think that just was a perfect opportunity. And just hearing Braden say that he begged, Jay to go for it. And he's like, I, I will, I will score, uh, makes it even worse for me that that was a bummer. And then just the decision to play, to play off, um, on that 98 yard drive. I mean, you had dominated on defense. I mean, dominated. Why would you change there? Why would you change if you're going to get burned on a 98 yard play or an 80 yard play as they're marching down fine but don't don't play soft they're playing the cover too they shredded they just found uh oh, it just it just got Shador in a groove and just to see them come on it, once that happened that's when it should have been your your red flag like look we need to go for it here they they're yeah. now in the groove so those two things I look back and I think of all the good stuff that Jay did there's just some he's just not pushing all the right buttons that result in wins like there's just a couple you know you remember McIlwain, like everything he touched worked right. He just yeah. had a magical touch somehow with Jay. You can tell he's methodically building this program back, but there's just not that golden touch where, where he's making all the right, you know, all the right calls and, and everything that he does is, is not necessarily leading us to win. So I would have loved to have just seen a couple, one or two things go a little bit different that night. That could have been the, could have been the difference between a win and a loss.
2: The, the fourth and two call I, I agreed with the punt um my gosh myself included we hammered him two weeks ago for going for it on fourth and two against against uh Washington State not getting it and that really being a huge turning point um in the game and so for him to kind of be in that same situation i I, I don't fault him for for punting it, especially since we pinned them down at the two-yard line. Again, their backs were against the wall. I don't understand why we why we pushed off so much winning that prevent defense. Again, everyone talks about prevent it prevents you from winning. And we did. We stopped doing all those little things, all those things, you know, going after him, hitting him that we did the first three and a half quarters. And you're right. It it was you could see that tide turning, they going for two. I agree with you. I think we should have just because of their the role that CU was on. That said, Dion chooses to get the ball first in the first overtime. No one does that. You always want to play defense first. Think back to our first uh, uh, overtime game against Fresno State, where we we ended up having the ball first, and it was fourth and one. And Sonny knew we got to score a touchdown here. A field goal is not going to cut it against against Derek Carr. We have to we have to get it, and we went for it. Hand off to Dwayne Ruff, who got stuffed, and we ended up losing. But that's what you have to do in overtime. And Dion's like, no, we, we, we take the ball first, right? He has no clue. And so, knowing that, knowing that we had the choice for the second overtime, I I could understand why we didn't go for two. If it was the other way around, if 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 we knew that we were going to start off on offense on that second overtime, I could see. Going going for two as an easier choice, but knowing that we were going to start off on defense, because if we get a, a fumble, a pick, we stop them and force them to go for a field goal, then yeah. we win the game with a touchdown or, or a field goal, you know, if we, if we, if we stop them. So, it's so an yeah, interesting point. Me, that's an interesting me, point. That's a, 50, that's a 50-50 call.
0: Again, hearing here in Braden, let him, give him the ball. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, That's, that's Jimmy Chitwood stuff. You need to freaking give him the ball. <laughs> I'll uh, make you coach. Yep. Yep. Um, the other funny thing, I mean, that was just when they asked him why he decided to, uh, to take the ball first in overtime, Dion was like, well, I just wanted Shador to put the pressure on them. He was just talking out of his ass. And then, and then actually some idiot in the press conference said, why did you guys um, decide to go for two there? in the second overtime cuz obviously this idiot reporter didn't know that you have to go for two and Dean goes well we probably had some analytics or something that told us to go for two like he didn't even he didn't even know no he <laughs> sees oh my god the guy but i uh, think a lot
2: of people are confused
0: cuz that that
2: rule happened last year cuz it used to be it was the after the, third. the second overtime or the yeah. third overtime that you always had to go for two and now it's regular have to go for two. And then after that, it's only two point
0: plays after the second overtime. Right. Well, I mean, you look back at so many plays that just, that would have changed the game. I mean, obviously you had the pick six, um, stuff like that's going to happen, but you, you look also back to, I mean, Holker fumbled at the 13. See who covers, recovers at the 10. We're getting points there. Right. Pretty play by Shiloh Sanders. he, He had a good game. That guy did, Um, but he punched that ball out. It was a good, good tackle, good play to strip Dallin. Um, There was a, there was the uh, the pass to justice Ross Simmons down at the three that was called back because Jacob Gardner pulled down the defensive tackle um, on a hold, which to me, man, something like that could very easily not have been called. Was it a hold? It, It probably was, but, It looked like the defensive tackle was losing his balance and starting to go down anyway. And it just, and Jacob just continued pulling him down. Um, If that doesn't get called, we got the ball at the three yard line and probably punching that in. Um, We had a play where Dallin Holker took the ball to the pylon and didn't get in uh, or he got in, I think he got in, maybe he was rolled out the one, but that was called back. And I can't remember what that penalty was. Maybe that was a holding or an eagle block or something like that. We had so many plays inside the red zone that ended up getting called back um, or we turned the ball over. And that was just, just a dagger. Like we only scored seven points in the second and third or the third and fourth quarters um, because a couple of those, those turnovers are are mistakes and that kills you. You know, there was also the chase Wilson had a ball right in his hands to pick um, just doinked it right off his hands. Just some, just some plays that, was it the difference in the game? Of course not. But just in that kind of game, I mean, you just got to make some of these plays that, that did, didn't happen. And then just all the, all the penalties I thought were, were really rough. I think, I, I wonder if, and this is just kind of a, an aside here, but um, when you have Mo Kamara going after Shador on that pass play and he's, he's, he's got his hands up cause he's trying to block the pass. And then you got to decide. Oh, you let go of the pass, and your my momentum's going in for the tackle. What is he? I, I just don't. It's it's it. I understand the rule, and you are trying to predict quarterbacks, but it's it's becoming impossible for these guys to make these split second decisions when it's a football play, and he's basically tackled. He didn't. Every people said he went under the chin. I mean, he didn't. I mean, he just kind of went right into the chest. Yeah. Um. It. So that, so then you see that, right? And he gets ejected from the game. That obviously had an impact in overtime. Um, but then, and this didn't affect the game because uh, we didn't even we didn't score in the second overtime. But on Shador's, uh, when he got the two point conversion, remember I mean, he rolled back and we had our two two guys just right in his face, almost tipping the ball, but they held up. Right, because they didn't yeah. want to. Then they didn't want to then go make contact and get another penalty. And Shador somehow sees the guy in the back of the end zone, wide open, and just kind of does a side fling. But if I mean that's that's a byproduct of the way that these kids have to play. They have to make these split second decisions. They don't want to get a penalty, so I, I just I think it's it's hurting the game and it's it's frustrating. Yeah. that's where I am, man. It's been a hard one to uh and, and then the crackback block. Uh, you mentioned it That too. was such when was on. How do you make that call there? How do you make that call? Especially because they're looking
2: at each other. It wasn't it That's that's what that one's tough. That one's tough. And just wonder why why they're even looking at that. Because it wasn't it wasn't like it was a, a call, a design play. They were rolling out, and he started going. He turns around to block. The DBs, looking, they're looking at each other. It wasn't – yeah, yeah that, that's frustrating, and how do you call that? And it's almost like they were trying to – thinking about calling a pick an offensive pass interference, and whenever he took it in, they had to call something. And no. so they went with a, a, a crackback. It, it, we earned a lot of those penalties.
0: We did, and we did. I liked I mean, it. Certainly, uh, yeah, we're playing tough and physical, and and that, and it's it, the byproduct was we we made a couple late late hits and some some unsportsmanlike penalties, and we were sending a message, but it also hurt us. <laughs> so, but
2: I mean, I, I I thought it was crap that Mo was was tossed. I mean, you you described it and and even in, even when you watch it in slow motion, it was a half a step. It wasn't something like he can just peel off and yeah. avoid the contact. it was it was a such a bang, bang play that if Shador decides to try to do a pump fake, he's getting sacked on that. Yeah. you know, it's just it, it I mean. Again, because those were such in the spotlight, you know, it, it it's it is more on your memory and in and, and you can't get rid of it. But again, I I I think it was it was our defensive switch in the fourth quarter that did that did more than than any play. Again, they always tell. I mean, you coached for a long time, you played for a long time, you know. Don't put it in their hands. Don't put it in the officials' hands. You know, take care of it yourself, and we didn't do that.
0: I like that Braden also said that. Um, but the other, one other thing that was on my mind in the second overtime, we got off to a great start on defense in the second overtime. If you remember, Cam Barito, Barito had a what a tackle for loss, five-yard loss. So they're starting second and 15, and then they, they, we lose Weaver in the zone coverage. He gets a big first down, but then they get a holding call. So they're backed up again first and first and goal from like the 18 yard line. Yeah. And I think it was the very next play, the freaking tight end uh Harrison, who just we just had no answer for him in, in the second half. But um the problem yeah. was on that on that play, Chase Wilson got picked by the umpire. Do you see that? So he, he I, dropped back. He realized the tight end was coming. He tried to go make and he runs right into the umpire. And the umpire actually gave him like a little forearm shiver, too. And but it, that's what left him wide open. That's what exactly why he was wide open. It was just bad luck. Uh that, that the umpire was standing right there, and we get picked. We get a pick by the umpire and let, let to led to a touchdown. Um, you know, and then just just great character coming back after. After that, coming back and scoring a touchdown, and then the final dagger, getting that call and the crackback block, was just such BS. just BS. Yeah. I mean, in that in that situation, in that in that moment of a huge game, it's got to be pretty damn blatant and egregious, right? I mean, it was a it was a football block. Give me a freaking break, man. Yeah. Uh, so, man, that one is one that's going to sting for a long time. I i. I'm always uh, when I'm in the game. I'm I'm a I'm an optimist all week. Then in the game, I'm a freaking pessimist, and so I just keep waiting for the bad things to happen. And I did not feel comfortable even up 11, even with five minutes left. I just like I mean I I had to sit down. I was like sick to my. I'm so damn nervous. I'm like please 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 get a stop. And you just start seeing some of these big chunk plays happen. I'm like oh my god here it comes here it comes. Yeah. We just couldn't make that one play couldn't make that one play to to get off the field and and win the game. So big bummer. And now you're 0-2. I love what Braden said though, is that you know, what are your goals for the rest of the season? He goes, well, he didn't say our goal is to win the Mountain West. He goes, we're going to win the Mountain West. Yeah. We're going to win a, a good bowl game, he said, right? Yeah. So that that's uh is not his goals. That's what he says we are going to do. So I love I love his attitude. I was I couldn't have been more impressed. That's the first time I've actually talked to him. And uh for a redshirt freshman, yeah. How old is how old must he be? 20 years old? If that yeah, <laughs> how, how What a mature kid. You could tell he's a leader. I mentioned this in our preview last week that in watching him from the front row at, at uh, Canvas, he's a leader. Like he gets in, he talks to his linemen, he talks to his receivers, he was encouraging. I saw him encouraging. Saturday night, uh, when we'd have a drop pass or a mistake, he would go over and talk to the guy. He's a leader. And I love that when we said, you know, what are your goals? He The first individual goal he said was, I want to be the best leader. Yeah. Um, So I love that, man.
2: You know, so much. Imagine if we had this in 2003 and we're interviewing Bradley then. I I guarantee they would have sounded exactly the same. Like this was just awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he just exuded leadership and, and, and again, he's like, I don't care about stats. I don't care about stats. I just want to win. That's almost word for word. What Bradley said with us last week, you know, he's like, I just want to win. That's, you know, that's all that matters is us winning. And I mean, I, 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 I loved hearing that and, you know, you heard you heard from Jay on on Saturday. There was a hundred percent participation in in yeah. voluntary uh, voluntary lifting on Sunday. I mean, you just lost a heartbreaker a heartbreaker to that piece of crap program. You know, you're hurt. You're sad. You're physically hurt because you just got got done playing at two o'clock in the morning, and everybody's there. Everybody's yeah. there on, on, on Sunday when they don't have to be, and. You know, I, I, I loved hearing that. I loved hearing from him, you know, well, uh, we can't think about it. There's nothing I could do. You know, nothing that I could change from, from Saturday night. We're on the middle Tennessee State. And we're going to win. I mean, <laughs> he flat out said we're going said to win. That.
0: Yeah. He said we will be celebrating. Uh, um, yeah. And he, he said that we uh, we can exploit them and have a, uh, a big offensive day. So, I, I loved – I mean – that was awesome. I absolutely loved it. Um, one, uh, one last thing I want to talk to you about, obviously, um, it was a shit show, uh, with their fans and the media. And when you hear national media, like big time talk figureheads going after a college kid for a late hit, um, calling him a dirty player that that was way over the top. And then obviously you've got these psychopaths that which, more than likely are not the 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 regular day-to-day buff fans that have followed the buffs for for years right it's probably these these cult these prime cult figures that come out of the woodwork and uh they see one of prime's disciples go down with an injury and now now they're they're vindictive and and wanting to you know make death threats against the kid so unbelievable but um i mean there's not a whole lot really that we should talk about here we all know how despicable it was but i will say this is interesting to me that this is a, a Travis Hunter, make no mistake, good player. He also didn't have a very good game. I mean, he fumbled for a touchdown, he got beat a couple times. Um, but when he got hurt, right, he got hurt. Obviously, he got hit in a vulnerable position and it probably stung him. It probably knocked some wind out of him because he immediately was like, Ugh. you know, he looked like immediately hurt. Blackburn could have freaking crushed him if he didn't, you know, if he really wanted to drill him, right? He could have crushed him. Uh, he didn't. He gave a little, a little body check into him, but it could have been worse. But I will say, if you're that hurt, right, on that play, can you play another 35 plays after that before going to the hospital? I feel like, I feel like maybe something happened in the subsequent plays after that that maybe further hurt him. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't know, but you hear that he got his lacerated liver, maybe some broken ribs. Um, but he played, so that play that hit happened of, with just under five minutes left in the first quarter. I counted, it went through the playlist. There were 45 plays between that play and the end of the half. All right. And I didn't see I, mean, I didn't, you know, he, he'd missed the next few plays after he got hurt, but then he was back on the subsequent series. He was playing offense and defense, and that guy plays almost every play. So even if he missed only a few plays after getting hurt, or uh, say he missed five plays, one series, and maybe he came off the field a couple times on offense or defense to get a rest. He probably was still in there for about 35 plays. I saw him make try to make a tackle on Dallin Holkers where he was punching it at the goal line at the, uh, at the pylon in the corner of the end zone. And Hunter came over to try to knock him out. And he, it was a big collision. Um, that play was actually called back by a penalty instead of a touchdown, but he could have gotten hurt there. He could have gotten hurt anywhere. Um, but I, I don't know. I he, This kid's either the, the, a super tough kid to deal with a broken rib, broken ribs and a lacerated liver for 35 plays or something else triggered it, you know, later in the game. I, I don't know, but he did play. Like people keep saying all over the national media, he was knocked out of the game because of this dirty hit. He freaking played 35 more plays after that. Like, come on. Like, I don't know something weird about it. I do appreciate that he came in and said it was not a dirty hit. It was a football play. I appreciate that Dion said it as well. They probably realized the gravity of the situation when you're getting death threats over football, it's just freaking pathetic. So I appreciate that they said that too, but um, I don't know. I didn't know what your thoughts were on the whole thing. You know, the the thing that
2: bothers me most is how disingenuous the national media has been with this. Um, if it was the other way around, if if Hunter had had that exact same play on Tory, or if Shiloh had that exact same play on Tory, they would have been celebrating it. They would have been celebrating it that this is a setting-the-tone play, that this is this is what happens when you make it personal. Play. They would have totally been all over that. You look at last week, ten days ago, ten days ago when when they played Nebraska. Fox College uh, Football, their their Twitter page, their X page, whatever it is, literally sent out video during the game showing showing Hunter getting trucked for fifteen yards, and he sticks his fingers into the Nebraska player's face mask, which apparently that must be, be taught in in Boulder, and grabs his face mask and twists it and twists the guy's neck and pops his face mask off. And Fox celebrates it by, it's not the size of the dog, it's the size hmm. of the fight or whatever. Yeah. That's literally what they posted. ESPN post Travis running his mouth before the game two different times uh, ESPN did it. And then their sports center uh, page did it of different. Uh, uh, the the one that ESPN did was like, Oh, I'm so scared. Oh, you're so big and bad.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the
2: other one was, was just him and him and Shadur, like getting in people's faces and, and people pushing and, and having to get separated. They're literally celebrating him being a jackass before the game and now they're sitting there talking and and calling CSU dirty. And you know what? It was it was he got flagged for it. It was dirty. It but if he wanted to injure him, and there's a difference between wanting to hurt somebody and injure them, then he would have launched himself. He would have led with the crown of his head, uh, the crown of his helmet. He would have either went out after Hunter's head or his knee. He hit him with a forearm in the freaking midsection. He was trying to hurt him. He was not trying to injure him. That's not a a dirty play. And that's why I think we're seeing Hunter and and Coach Sanders saying this about it. Because they know it's a football play. If if, if it was truly a dirty play where he was purposely trying to, to injure somebody, it would be a completely different narrative. They know that it wasn't, though. And it just and it drives me nuts hearing freaking the ESPN bobbleheads and the freaking Fox Sports talking heads running their mouth about it when it it, it totally would have been different a different uh, story if they did it if Hunter or, or Silo or whoever
0: did it. Well, how about work coming up to Braden and completely headbutting him right in the face mask? I mean, that could have been called a penalty too. I mean, I, I actually have no problem with him sticking up for his teammate, uh, but you just can come in and just headbutt somebody in the face. Um, yeah. So that, and then and then the um, you, you skip Bayless was one of the the big loudmouths about the situation. Him and his henchmen, Michael Irvin and Keyshawn Johnson, were were ragging on on Henry Blackburn and. Um, they actually showed they were talking about what a dirty play that was. And they it, it was so hypocritical, hypocritical because they then showed Shador poking uh Mo in the eyes, right? And they said, Oh, and and, and Skip says, Well, I, I don't necessarily like that, but it just goes to show you what a fiery player he is. Yeah. Oh, so it's okay that he's fiery. Like it's just it, it, the, the narrative is unbelievable. Everyone is gargling Dion right now, and it's it's aggravating.
2: I gotta tell you, The Rock can suck it. Fuck him. I All love The Rock shit. too. So it was it was aggravating to see him do that too. You know, he played for Sonny. He was recruited by Sonny. He freaking literally fist fought the Buffs in 1993 when Miami came to to Boulder and they played there. And he's doing that, like, dude. Yeah. Sorry, you haven't had a good movie in five years.
0: How about you? And then you see these guys like Offset on the sideline. He's like, "Yeah, we we still going with that? Oh, that? You know, I can't remember what exactly happened in the game." He goes, "Oh yeah, we we gonna win. We'll be we'll be okay." Like we as we Offset and and see you are now one and the same. We, God, it, it's it's sickening what's happening right now. It really is, but um, you know, it sucks to say you got to give uh, Shadur credit because the yeah. guy freaking pulled it out. That was uh, everything was stacked against him. He made it happen. I thought. You know, I thought thought it was a little bit of Bush League how he tried to stand in between Jay and and Dion at at the 50 yard line at the end of the game when they're trying to shake hands and that was BS. And then Jay turns away and he shows him his wrist, the stupid watch, that stupid gimmick, bull crap that he does. And I understand. If Someone says something about my dad. I'm probably gonna stick up for my dad too, right? But that was kind of BS, dude. Just well, at
2: least Dion told. I mean, somebody asked him. In the post game press conference, what was said, what was said during the handshake, and he was like, you know, he's like that was just a hard fought game. Two good coaches. I love that guy. Like what he's doing. Like and, and then he and he said he's like Shador can't get in the middle of that. Like he, I mean, he, daddy, daddy told him he's got to knock that off. So,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, that was painful. The comments but, uh... that, that that Coach Sanders has made after this game. I do get it, you know, I got to give him some credit. You know, I think this was a humbling experience for him. But I also think he realized that, you know what, this is this is different, you know, that this rivalry is a real thing and it doesn't matter, like, who the hell you got dancing on your sidelines and all that crap. Like, it's – both teams are coming out and they're going to play hard. and And it was a good game. It sucks that it didn't go our way, but it was a good game.
0: It was a really good game, one of the best Rocky Mountain Showdowns I've seen, and uh, unfortunately, on the wrong end of it, it was a killer. Hey, uh, before we go, why don't you to you know, tell everybody what you have planned for in uh, Murfreesboro?
2: Yeah, so uh, anybody that's going this weekend, uh, and I hope we get a good turnout. It's Nashville, Nashville area. Um, we'll be there Wednesday night late, but Thursday, Thursday, you know, we're going to bounce around Nashville. Uh, we t- we are taking our daughter, but uh, found a, a bunch of honky-tonks that have live music starting like at 9 a.m. that are that are family friendly that kids can get in that early so we'll be bouncing around there and then uh, New Heights Brewing at 5 30 is the uh, Nashville meetup Thursday night so so if you're going hit that up uh, it'll be good I mean it's it they're always good like the the alumni things are our events are always great on the road. I think we're going to go to the Nashville Sounds game after. Um, the Brewers have a Triple A team, and they're in town that weekend. So, you know, last year we went, or a couple of years ago, we went to the Toledo Mud Hens game when when we played Toledo uh, the night before and had an awesome time. Uh, had an awesome time. So, you know, kind of looking forward to the Nashville Sounds. As far as uh, Murfreesboro. Um, Friday for those, those that are, are going to the actual Ram rally is Friday night at Mayday Brew, Brewing at five o'clock. I'm, I'm going to set something up at, I think it's, it's called uh, party Fowl. Fowl is in chicken. Uh, but it's, it's one of the local bars there. It's, it's, uh, kind of a Nashville chain. Uh, there's, there's about four or five of them. Um, and that was, there's not a lot of things in Murfreesboro. <laughs> so those those of you that are going there, to be close to the team and, and, and all that, uh, we'll be hitting that up probably around, probably around 3.30. It's an 11-minute walk to, to Mayday Brewing. So, and then day of the game, yeah, we'll be going to the Alumni Tailgate and hanging out there. Well, that sounds fun, man.
0: And uh, this is a big game for us uh you, you actually have an opportunity this kind of reminds me of when we went to Alabama hung with those guys really showed a tough performance right and then what do we we rolled off what uh 7 out of the last 9 games something like that yeah. and uh, it's set up you know obviously you win you beat Washington state in the bowl game that year and then it sets up the big year in 2014 so um yeah. when you hear braden talk about what he envisions for the rest of the season It really, um, obviously, you could still have a good Mountain West season, but man, you you would like to get this win, get a win against Utah Tech next next week. Going into conference play at two and two would be really nice. Especially then you got a, a game at Utah State, winnable, and then you get Boise at home. How much, how how hype would that be? Just coming back from the start we had, having the CU kind of the performance against CU kind of trigger a nice little run here. And we go into that, that game against Boise at home at three and two, it'll be hype. We'll, we'll have the fans, fans will be back on board, but if you go, if you lose this one, Ag Day is going to be a little lackluster. Um, I don't know, man, but uh, I, I just have a good feeling now that just, they showed me a lot. They showed me a lot. I think we have a great leader under center now. Can't regress. Can't regress here. Got to exactly. come out. And this is not I mean, a lot of th- good teams could go into Murfreesboro and lose. So uh, this is not uh, this is not a take care of business thing. This is you better come ready to play your A game to pull this one out. So exactly, exactly. I'm looking forward to it though. All right. Well, good discussion on the message boards this week, guys. I appreciate even the the most ardent uh, Ram uh, dissenters of our our fans. Well, there's still a few morons out there but even some a lot of our guys that have that have been down on the program saw the good and what happened saturday night i appreciate the good conversation this week let's hope that we can get another win get a win here and uh turn things around thanks everybody for listening thanks to our sponsors for making it possible have a good rest of your week and let's go rams
1: okay here's how miro works see it's amazing what's everyone
0: doing at david's desk See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more? Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R
2: O.com.